Goodbye at University. Welcome, everyone. I'm glad that you guys are joining for this conversation, especially that Cindy's here. Cindy, uh, I had wanted for us to address love manifesting since it's February and it's got Valentine's Day in it and love is in the air. But I wanted to do it from a different perspective than we have before. And chatting with you about it felt exactly what I wanted this call to be. So thank you for being available to bring us this subject today. I feel like we're going to get some really brilliant stuff from you. But before we do, will you say hello? We have a lot of new members here. I know everyone who's been here for a while knows you. But for our new members, will you say a little bit about yourself, what you've been up to lately, and where we can find you online? Sure. I'm happy to be here as usual. One of the happiest things on my calendar is always hanging out with the GBU crowd. Uh, My name is Cindy Chavez, C-I-N-D-I-E-C-H-A-V-E-Z, and my website is chavez.com. I am known as the Love and Magic Coach because I have expertise in the area of relationships as well as magic. So I'm really happy to be on this call, and I'm happy that we are um, going to address something that might not be what your usual sort of uh, Valentine's Day call is, but that's okay because we need a, something a little different sometimes to give us a shift in our perspective. So I'm excited to be addressing it from kind of a different angle. Yes, especially the one where so often when we're thinking about manifesting the love that we want, we think of the other, right? We think of uh, the partner that is engaged with us in this romantic love affair that we are conjuring from the ether. But I think conscious creators know that all of that stuff starts as an inside game, right? All of the, Everything that we're experiencing on the outside, including our relationships with other people, is a reflection of our own internal vibration. So whatever we want out there, starting in here, makes sense, Right. Exactly, and that's funny that you said, when you said the other, I was like, wait, we're, okay, I get it. And it's so true, right? Is um, The joke is always that someone says, oh, what do you do for a living? And you say, I'm a life coach or a relationship coach. And the first thing they say is, oh, you need to talk to my husband or you need to talk to my sister or, boy, I wish, you know, it's always, I wish someone else could be getting um, some advice from you. But the truth is, is that everything we experience is always uh, a big mirror for us. And I like to think about that the way we actually think about a mirror, a real mirror in our, in our life, in our, uh, the bathroom mirror, right, is that we check the mirror to see if our hair is okay, if we have food in our teeth, if our makeup is smudged, whatever. And when we see what needs to be corrected, we make the correction. We don't yell at the mirror, smash the mirror, throw the mirror away, or cover the mirrors and refuse to look in the mirrors because we don't like what we're seeing, um, which happens a lot. It happens a mm-hmm. lot that people decide, especially in the law of attraction crowd, sort of like, la, 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 I'm not going to look at what I don't want to see. I'm just going to focus on what I want to see. And that can be really useful. And I also think it's really useful to start where we are. And here's the the part that's really powerful is that when we think of um, being a conscious creator, you know, we didn't begin creating our reality when we became aware of law of attraction. We've all been creating our reality 
all along, or I should say co-creating our reality all along. When we become aware of law of attraction, that's when we can begin to create our reality consciously. So let's talk about momentum, because we've all got some momentum going from all the time we spent creating unconsciously, yes? (laughs) (laughs) So we want to be conscious. So consciousness is the key here. It's conscious creation that we're interested in. We've recognized that we create our reality, and now we want to do it in a conscious way. So when we think about love and relationships, we often think about commitment. And that's what I'd love to talk about today, is to have a conversation about commitment. But the commitments that I want to talk about today are are our unconscious commitments. And Okay, let's hear what... You mean by unconscious commitments? Well, whatever we're committed to is what we're going to create. You know, I I heard somebody say one time, if you want to know what someone's committed to, just go look at their calendar and their checkbook, right? It's like where we're committed, that's where we spend our time and our money, which are just a way of saying that's where we put our focus, that's where we put our energy. And those are generally conscious commitments. But we have unconscious commitments as well. And if we want to know what they are, we just look around. So in the area of relationship, whatever result you are finding yourself in, whatever you're producing right now, whatever result you're getting, maybe that's I'm alone and I'm single and I'm lonely, or maybe that's I'm in a relationship and it's just not going the way I want it to go. Maybe I'm in a relationship and boy, oh boy, are we arguing a lot. Or maybe I'm in a relationship and the level of sex or the level of romance or the level of emotional connection is not there. Well, whatever that result is that I'm experiencing, that is what I'm committed to. And so that's kind of a hard thing for some people to get their head around and to say okay to. So what I usually ask people to do is if that's ridiculous to you and you're saying, there is no way I'm committed to this, I just want you to pretend. (laughs) Just pretend that that makes sense, just for now. Because what happens is we learn things when we're young and we decide that those are normal. It's sort of like we talk about set points. We talk about upper limits. This is the same type of thing. And so whatever it is that we've created up until now or that we're experiencing now, acceptance of it, and that doesn't mean we like it or want to stay here, but recognizing that it's a commitment and we're committed to it can open up all kinds of avenues to create a really quick shift. And we have to be willing to look into the mirror, so to speak. Because I can't fix my makeup or my hair or get the food out of my teeth if I'm not willing to look in the mirror and say, yep, yep, spinach salad, there it is, food in my teeth, and and fix it. So how are we doing so far? (laughs) Well, so far so good. Um, What I'm thinking about, Cindy, is how... I'm thinking about our perception of our reality because conscious creators are really flexible at 
changing the way we perceive something. So, you know, very often when you say just to know what your unconscious commitments are, look around and see what you're experiencing. But there can be different ways for us to view what we're looking at. So that's one thing I was thinking about. Um, when you invite us to do that, I assume you mean do it from the place of not trying to, you know, look at it through the rose the um, rose-colored glasses, but in the way that it, like, naturally feels to you. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And so, okay, here's where we go with that. Because we talked about wanting to be conscious, right? And consciousness being the key. If you only hear one thing on this call, this is probably the most important thing I'll say in the entire time we're together. And that is that your level of consciousness is directly related to your lack of judging. Hmm. So say I'm that gonna, again. I'm going to say it again. Your your level of consciousness is directly related to your lack of judging. Now, for sure, we have to have judgment about things, right? I mean, on a practical level, we judge if this water's hot enough to burn us, right? Or, we or if that's too much water sitting outside our basement door. Exactly. So I'm not saying to just throw all your, you know, ability to make any kind of judgment out the window. That's not the kind of judgments I'm talking about. I'm talking about when we are judging, especially emotional things, when we're judging them good or bad, um, right or wrong. Now, we do make judgments about, whether something feels uncomfortable or comfortable. We do make judges moral judgments about whether we think something is right action or not, and that's not what I'm talking about right now. What I'm talking about is really that level of, oh, this is really bad to feel this or this is good to feel this because we're wired to feel all of our emotions. And so making some emotions bad um, I think is really counterproductive in the area of emotions. Now, I mean relationships. I'm not saying that we want to have relationships that just feel uncomfortable all the time. Of course we don't. No one does. But there's this sort of fear of certain emotions, especially in the law of attraction community. Um, we talk about that emotional scale. And, yes, of course, we, we desire to be at the top of it. It's the same way with the energetic scale. We want to be at the top of it, at that place where we can create anything. And at the top of that scale is consciousness at the highest level. So, yes, we consciousness is key here. And as soon as we start judging, we start bringing ourselves back down the energetic scale, back down the emotional scale into the place where we don't have a lot of power to create. So here is what I want to talk about, and that is this fear of emotions. I want to kind of recognize that on some level, we actually enjoy fear and sadness and anger. Think about it. If we didn't enjoy fear, we wouldn't be a country that spends you know, millions of dollars on horror movies and roller coaster rides. If we didn't enjoy heartbreak to some degree, you know, Romeo and Juliet wouldn't be an enduring classic. There are some part of us that enjoy pretty much the whole spectrum of emotions. It reminds me, Jeanette, of that dream that you said you had. Yep. Where you experienced 
everything. And none of it was something you didn't want to experience. So, no. In know, fact, I didn't feel complete until I'd run through all of them, good, bad, and ugly. Right. So on some level, we enjoy these things that we're trying to push away. On some level, we're committed to this crappy situation that we're in, right? It's like I can hear people saying, well, I'm in the worst relationship ever. Believe me, I'm not committed to this. Or I'm in the crappiest job I've ever had. I'm not committed to being in a crappy job. I like to kind of switch up the question a little bit. And my question that I've been asking myself lately, and this comes, this, this is me, this is my own personal practice as of late, whenever I'm in some kind of situation, really big or small, that doesn't feel great, is why am I enjoying this so much? And if you don't like to ask yourself a why question, um, switch it up and just use different language, right? So it's like, um, what part of me is really loving this right now? Ooh, that's cool too. Mm -hmm. Because how is it that this feels good? Um, and then let yourself mm. get curious. In other words, you're tapping into right brain, you know, energy here to get curious about why you're loving this so much. Why am I enjoying so, this so much? Cindy, is part of what we're doing in that process is identifying counterintentions or payoffs? You know, I don't feel like it's always necessary to identify a payoff or a counterintention. Now, sometimes they will just pop up. Um, there's a story uh, that I remember about a, a couple that went to counseling with Gay Hendricks. And Gay Hendricks is the person that wrote uh, the book about upper limits. And they went to counseling for him. The man, they'd been married a long time. The man felt like he was not getting enough sex, and the woman felt like she was not getting enough emotional connection. And the man said, when we were first together, we made love every single day. And the woman said, yeah, and back then I felt like you cared about me as a person and what I had to say and, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's kind of like mm -hmm. we can all imagine this same argument. Mm -hmm. And Gay Hendricks is big on upper limits and unconscious commitment. And he wanted to get them, first of all, to just make a commitment to work this out. And he said to them, can you just tell me that you're committed to working this out? And the man said, I'm here, aren't I? And he said that the man was a real, a real estate agent and he said, you know, if you went and showed a home to someone and said, so, would you like to make a purchase agreement? And they said, I'm here, aren't I? And he said, okay, I get it. Okay, yes, I'm committed to working this out. So then he asked them to do something similar to what we're talking about today. He asked, he, he asked them to recognize what they were committed to and just pretend. Just pretend you're committed to this thing and then to voice it. And so what he was really asking this man to say to his wife, looking her in the eye, is I'm committed to not getting enough sex. And for the woman to say, I'm committed to having a relationship where we don't have any emotional connection. And not saying that, like, this is what I want, just acknowledging that I have had a commitment to this because it's what I've created. Yes. Which is like my practice as of late is why am I enjoying this so much? Mm, I got gotcha. you. Which is hard to okay. say when your basement's flooding or your roof's leaking. Right. Or, right? Why am I yeah. doing this so much? So 
he asked them to verbalize this. And the amazing thing was that when they did, the man, he asked them, does this, does anything in your past remind you of this? And the man said, oh, my gosh, you know, I, for, for years when I was growing up, I just heard my dad complain and complain and complain and complain about his love life with my mom. And the woman admitted that the thing she heard in her family over and over and over was women saying that men didn't understand women emotionally. And so on some level, like I mentioned at the beginning of the call today, you know, the thought of momentum I hear Jeanette often talk about drafting and like, you know, we go on rampages of appreciation so we can build up some momentum and we have a few things, you know, manifest because of that. And we say, oh, I'm really getting momentum now. Boy, today has been a good day. A couple things really came through and happened and I'm on a roll here, right? So when you think about the momentum that gets created from the time we're little kids where we see something happen in relationships. And we just assume, okay, I guess that's how it is. Anytime you hear someone say, well, that's just how it is, it's going to give you a big piece of the puzzle of how they're creating their reality. And so it's that ability to say I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing to look at what's going on in my relationship. And that could be your relationship with yourself, your relationship with a spouse, your relationship with love and and connection, your relationship with money, whatever it is, everything's a relationship, right? So if you're willing to look at it and say, okay, this is the result, this is what I've been committed to, I'm committed to this. Why am I enjoying this so much? The other part of the puzzle is to actually let yourself enjoy it. You can set a timer for five minutes, you know, and let yourself enjoy whatever it is you're feeling. Are you feeling loneliness? Are you feeling frustration? Are you feeling like I just can't go through one more crappy conversation? You know, and let yourself find that place in your body that's actually enjoying this. It's one way to create a big shift, and the reason why is because you stop resisting. Non-resistance is the key to manifestation. So at the moment we stop resisting what is, everything shifts. Then we decide what, we, what we'd like to be committed to, <laughs> Right? So there's magic in the acknowledgement is what you're saying. It's not like we're going to like make peace with that this is how it is for us forever, but there's something that un- it unlocks the resistance when we consciously recognize what our commitments have been and that frees us up for something else. Absolutely. We do not we we are not saying that we are resigned to anything. There's a big difference. Hmm. Yeah. Right? I'm not saying that I want you to look in the mirror, see that your makeup is smudged, you have spinach in your teeth, and your hair is a mess, and just decide that's the way it's going to be forever and you're going to be good with it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we want to be able to look at what is and recognize that what is what is, and it's there because we created it. There's a lot of power in this stand because, remember, at the bottom of that emotional scale where we have hopelessness and despair, 
at the bottom of the energetic scale where we have victim mentality, we don't really have any conscious creating power down there because mm-hmm. we give all that power away when we're down there. Mm-hmm. Which is just as a little commentary, I think where a lot of people in the U.S. are living right now as they watch the politics unfolding. I don't mean that for anyone here. I think most of us have a good handle on it, but I think by and large a lot of people are in that mode right now where they feel powerless and victimized by their elected leaders. There's a reason why so many people watch reality TV. There's a reason why um, drama is actually a genre of books and movies, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. We all enjoy a little drama to some degree. And so... I really believe the whole political climate is its just a reflection of where we are as a country, and it's a reflection of some of the things that we enjoy. Um, we won't admit that because we want to be morally right, and so that's okay. Um, we can all make the decisions of what we want to commit to once we look in this mirror, right? It's not saying that we're going to live with it forever, but it does inform our desire, and we can't have what we want if we don't know what it is. So it gives us a chance to decide. I think that understanding what your unconscious commitments are, understanding what you've created, um, is one of the most powerful places we can be because we are no longer in any kind of victim mode of why is this happening to me. I get it. I get it. I feel the power of that. Right. And it puts us back in the driver's seat, really. Yeah, it puts us back in a place where we can become conscious about what we're creating. Because suddenly it's not an unconscious commitment anymore, is it? (laughs) Suddenly it's a conscious thing. It's become conscious. And so we're not going to judge it and we're not going to beat ourselves up. Uh, We're just going to recognize that it is and then move on to what it is that we do want. And is it that simple, or is there something we should be doing about how, once we make the acknowledgement of what our commitments are, so they're no longer unconscious, but they're conscious, how do we how do we commit to what we prefer after that, Cindy? Or is that just all of the LOA stuff that we know? Well, I think we get clear on what it is, and, you know, there's that we talked about this before, it's that, you know, when we get into love relationship stuff, so often one of the things that comes up is self-love and to recognize that we should recognize that everything that we do usually is is out of self-love. In other words, we I don't even like the idea of self-sabotage. I don't think we sabotage ourselves. I think we take actions to protect ourselves. I remember one time, Jeanette, we were talking about um, medical, uh, physical symptoms. Mm-hmm. And you said, you quoted somebody that said that every. Uh, Everything the body does gesture. is a healing gesture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love that so much, right? Everything mm-hmm. your body does is a healing gesture. And I believe that kind of applies to all of our life and especially things that we sort of create on a subconscious level. On a subconscious level, we're ju- we're doing the best we can, just like we are on a conscious level, and we are always working towards protecting ourselves. 
and we can always assume positive intent where you know where our actions come from regarding ourselves and so it's all self discovery it's all the place of becoming aware you asked is it that simple uh yeah but it's not easy right Cindy yes hi oh i was just going to say we're going to open for questions in just a couple minutes okay i'll i'll Thanks, get Susan. back to you then awesome Sorry to interrupt, Cindy. Um, Great. I lost my train of thought because I was typing in chat room that we were going to open for questions (laughs) shortly. Well, you asked me if it was if it was that simple, and you know, it's. I think that on the surface it can be that simple. It's not always easy, and I think that happens because of momentum. Uh, But there are lots of tools that we can bring into the process that will help us. Um, One of the things I love about recognizing our our unconscious commitment, recognizing, um, and I, I run a course called Moonlight that we use the lunation cycle of the moon, and we're going to have a full moon on Friday, and what we do in the full moon um, phase of the moon, that's when the moon is the brightest, we let things be illuminated, that's when we take stock of exactly what's happening, what we've created, and we practice acceptance, and that doesn't mean, like I said, it doesn't mean, okay, well, this is the way it's going to be forever. No, it just means it is the way it is right now in this moment, and we practice accepting that. Um, I'm going to bring the whole idea of unconscious commitment into the course this time around because I think it's really valuable, but we've always practiced accepting it and forgiving We're either forgiving ourselves or forgiving someone else, but it's sort of forgiveness and acceptance and then gratitude over it. And that puts us in a space where we're sort of ready to bring anything in uh, in the way we we want to bring it in. Now, I want to mention something right here that's just a minute or two we haven't talked about. I always want to bring it up whenever we do any kind of law of attraction relationship call, and that is whenever there's this, responsibility for creating whatever we create. Um, I do take full responsibility for everything in my life that I have created. And I also want to encourage people to take that real look in the mirror and see what's going on. And if you're in an abusive relationship of any kind, physical abuse, get yourself to safety, um, mental and emotional abuse, which can be very, very devastating, um, need to be able to call that what it is and Keep yourself safe there, too. And I believe that, you know, this idea of kind of law of attractioning ourselves out of an abusive relationship, that's not, that's not the key, I suggest. Um, and there's a reason why. Because if you're allowing yourself to be emotionally or verbally abused, then there's a lack of self-respect there. And mm-hmm. someone who respects themselves isn't going to stay in a relationship and allow some, they're not going to tolerate uh, verbal, emotional, or physical abuse. And I always use this example that sounds so practical and simple, but, you know, if, if your new neighbor moved in and you invited them over and they came in and started saying really mean things to your small child or your cat or your dog, you would not tolerate it, right? Never in a bazillion years. Right? I mean, someone comes in and something, you know, your little kitten is there, 
not even a person, just a cat is sitting there, mm-hmm. and the person comes in and says just something, the meanest, grossest thing you can imagine, snarkiness, just everything, you wouldn't tolerate it for one minute. No. You'd be like, no, uh-uh. Yeah, you not, can go. Let alone become the person's best friend or marry them and and continue to let them just coming in and just, you know, talk like this to your child or your animal or whatever. And yet people stay with abusive partners who talk down to them, who discount their opinions, who emotionally and verbally abuse them all the time, and they keep saying, I'm focusing on the good, I'm focusing on the good, I'm going to, you know, kind of, like I say, I'm doing air quotes in the air, I'm going to law of attraction my way out of this um, abusive relationship. Well, the way you law of attraction your way out is you recognize that the world is going to give you whatever you're giving yourself and then you start giving yourself respect, and that's when you create boundaries that say, I don't tolerate someone talking to me this way, I don't tolerate someone treating this way, and that's when things start to shift, and they may shift in a way that causes you know, your partner to leave because you're not a match anymore. Um, and if that happens, then you create something better. So I always want to address that because I don't... I don't stand on the side of um, looking away from the mirrors that are showing you that you're in an abusive situation and just imagining that this partner is the best partner on the planet. And I, I say that knowing that it, knowing how it will turn out a lot of the time because I've been through it. So hey, things Cindy. shifted for me when I got boundaries and when I stopped tolerating it. <laughs> All right, good. Good to know. Uh, two questions. Your chat message it. I drop a guy if he's even neutral over my cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I like cats, just not in the bedroom. Yep, you could go too. <laughs> um, hey, uh, two questions. You just started your moonlight course. How often do you run that? I run it a few times a year. I I actually started it. We we the first lesson, the lessons come out. There's a lesson and then a live Q and A, and then two weeks go by for the before the next one. We had our first lesson mail out yesterday, but I'm I've still had I forgot to take the page down, and I still had some people oh. sign up. I had someone what sign up that? today. So what is you know that page? What? I'm gonna leave it up. It's um cindychavez.com slash moonlight. Okay, cool. And then my other question: Could we get a like a an example of okay. Of like where we might of just this process of what you're talking about, where we acknowledge our unconscious commitments so they become conscious. And I love your question. Why am I enjoying this so much? And the other one you said, what part of me? Did you say that? What part of me is enjoying this? Um, I could. Could you run us through an example of whether it's hypothetical or real life, just to see what okay. that could look like? Okay. Let's think of an example, um, and we can use a relationship example. Um, so. A very common uh, thing that happens in relationship, especially after, you know, the relationship's been happening in a while, is that people will complain that they just don't really have a lot of fun together anymore. Um, Maybe, you know, they've gone from uh, the newness of a new relationship experience where they're actually going out on dates and having fun, and now um, they're just not. Now they've got into the kind of, humdrum life of normal everyday stuff and they just don't make plans to do fun things anymore right okay good example let's let's say i'm in that situation and i'm really feeling bad i'm like gosh you know uh and of course there's always blame 
it, it often starts in blame because we're down here in this kind of victim energy mode anyway a lot of the time when we're feeling this way, when we're feeling sad, when we're feeling like someone's not treating us well enough, when we're feeling like things aren't going our way, right? It's like pity party area. That's okay. And so we're not going to judge any of these feelings. We're going to say they're all okay. They're all good. They're all actually giving us really great information. Okay. So I'm down in this place. I'm going to actually walk you through a really cool process. Um, cool. Okay. All right. So I'm down in this place, and I'm feeling bad for myself. And I'm remembering times when, you know, my, my guy used to, I don't know, bring me flowers and take me on dates. and Dress up for a date, even. Yes, it hasn't happened in a while. And I just feel like all we do is work, and we just don't do anything fun. And so I'm feeling bad. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to recognize, okay, hmm, so I'm in this relationship that feels kind of dull and boring and doesn't feel exciting and romantic anymore. All right, so I'm going to take responsibility for this commitment that I've made. Hmm. Wow, okay, I have, an, I have a commitment. I am committed to having a dull, boring relationship. Boy. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Okay, so here's a, here's a really cool process. I'm going to get out in the middle of my room, and I'm going to just let myself complain about it for a full minute. I'm not going to do this right now on the phone, but let's pretend okay. that I'll do it. Okay, so I'm just going to complain. Oh, my gosh, this just and I'm going to use a lot of gestures. Now, there's a reason for this. It's because we keep this energy usually kind of bottled up and stuff down, and we resist and resist, and I'm not going to resist it anymore, so I'm just going to stand up here, and I'm going to talk with my hands, and I'm going to make a lot of gestures, and I'm home alone so I can do this, right? I'm just going to say, oh, this relationship is so boring. Why can't I have romance? But I don't. I don't get flowers anymore. I haven't gone on a decent date. Why is it like this? Oh, I'm just going to let myself complain, and then I'm going to locate myself in the room and say, okay, this area right over here, this little corner of the room, I'm going to make it my area of 100% responsibility, and I'm going to walk over to this corner and stand here. I am standing now in my empowered place of 100%. I call this radical responsibility. It means Mm. I take responsibility. It's not blame. I'm not blaming myself, and I'm not blaming anyone else, but I'm taking 100% responsibility for this commitment that I made somehow, I'm committed to a dull, boring relationship. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm committed to that. Why am I enjoying this so much? And I want to let my body tell me in the room to point my body towards the past, which direction is the past, and I just kind of tap into my body and turn my body this way and say, okay, the past is over there. What about this feels like the past? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Growing up, I remember my mom and her two sisters, and I was a little girl, and I'm sitting at the table, and they're all adults, and I'm listening to them as I color in my coloring book. But I'm listening to the adult conversation of my aunts and my mom, and what are they complaining about? They're complaining about they don't get enough romance. They never go on a date. All their husbands do is work on and on and on. Oh, wow. Okay. So now I'm going to turn my body towards the future, and I'm going to start walking towards 
whatever direction my body says is the future. And as I go, I'm going to mentally take with me that 100% responsibility corner with me because I'm going to stay there and stand in that place and say, what am I willing to be committed to now? And what am I willing to take 100% responsibility for? And I'm committed to bringing back more fun and more romance and allowing that in to my relationship. That's the process. And how can I do that? What sounds like the best thing I can do? What's the next move I can make that would really be fun? And then let that thing come up. And then take that first step. You know, I often tell my clients when they feel overwhelmed. When we feel overwhelmed, it's because we're looking at way too many steps. We're looking at the whole big picture that shoots way out into the future. But if we bring it back and we recognize that the next step is just the next step, it's not five steps ahead. It's easy and it's doable and it's obvious. I'm like, well, the obvious thing could be to communicate to my partner. (laughs) Let's have some fun. (laughs) Mm. Right? And so it can be that simple. It's a really powerful process. I hope I walked you through it in a way you can understand what I was doing. Yeah, no, that was really, really good. And I think it just helps take it from theory into what it could look like. So uh, that that was helpful for me anyway. Thank you very much. (laughs) You're welcome. I have not right. been reading the chat because I just can't talk and read at the same time most of the time with this chat. So does anybody else have a question? Yes. Um, there, I know there was one from chat, and I'll start unmuting here. Um, Cindy, I'll start. This is from a guest in chat mm-hmm. who asks, says, I love being single, but a piece of me feels like I should be in a relationship. The emphasis is mine. Um, how do you change the vibration to attract a partnership it's wanting to feel? Okay, so this is a great question, and it also points to a lot of um, pressure that we get from outside sources a lot of the time, right? Because I hear that word in there, a piece of me feels like I should be in a relationship. And so anytime there's a should, I always recognize that that word is a it's catabolic language. In other words, it doesn't build us up. It breaks us down when we use words like should and need and can't. So it's a big clue, actually, that's really, really helpful, is to kind of ask, you know, yourself, um, what is causing me to feel like I should be in a relationship because if I remember the question it said I love being single I love being single and here's the thing is that the usually the quickest way to change the vibrationship to attract a partner is to love being single <laughs> right so there's two kinds of resistance uh, we hear about resistance all the time and I remember when I was first learning about resistance, I automatically thought that resistance was saying no, right? It's like when we've been talking about emotions and resisting emotions. We don't want to feel sad. We don't want to feel angry. We don't want to feel fear. We resist those things. And we resist them by saying, like, no to them, like, no, no. But there's, there's actually two kinds of resistance. 
and it's one of them is saying no and one of them is saying yes <laughs> because one of them is saying something should be a certain way one of them is attachment and one of them mm. is aversion right so when we're saying no it's an aversion no 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 don't want that i don't want that i don't want that but what about when we're saying i want this i want this i want this mhm right that's mm-hmm. attachment that's attachment mm-hmm. and that's and that energy is resistance that is yeah. also resistant so when part of us feels like we should be in a relationship um that's a great place to start asking us why you know asking ourselves what's going on there what do i think is missing um why do i feel this way because it a lot of times you know i hear from people that they're single and they you know they go to a family reunion or they go here or there and everyone's saying to them why don't you have a partner and i've had people tell me i don't even want a partner but i'm so tired of everyone like saying why aren't you married why don't you have a partner when you know blah 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 so part of it may just be going back to acceptance and being willing to create boundaries for yourself um i don't even know that it's necessary to change the vibration if you love being single loving your life and having a very full busy life that you love that's usually the fastest way to attract a partner because it's very attractive And what I was hearing in that question was an absence of desire. I mean, because that should is, it didn't sound like that was reflective of Guest 11's true well, here, heart's here's desire. Here's what I usually say when I hear a should is that sometimes a should is attached to guilt. Um, and guilt always shows us a value that we hold. And that's Ooh, really the only, that's the only use that we have that's actually useful uh, for guilt. You know, if if I feel guilty because I haven't called my friend in a long time, well, where's the guilt coming from? What What is it that, where's my value that's causing that guilt? Well, it's because I value being a good friend. And to me, I think a good friend should reach out once in a while. So when I recognize, wow, I have a strong value around being a good friend, that sounds a lot better to me and that feels a lot better than just letting this nagging guilt saying, I should call my friend, I should call my friend. So there's that should. So I should be in a relationship. Um, it's just there's a lot of there's a lot of place to, to ask good questions in that. <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, really good. Thanks, Cindy. And thanks for the question, Guest 11. Uh, who else has any questions or comments? I see uh, Nancy saying, oh, boy, married women around me do not like my being single. I personally love it. Yeah, and and we have to recognize when people around us aren't liking what's going on with us, that's about them. It's not about us. It's about them. There's something that's about them. Maybe they think that it's the best place to be in the world and they love you and want you to be even happier. Maybe they don't like it because they're feeling a little jealous because you have some kind of freedom or something they perceive that they don't have. Um, we never know what it is, but it's it's definitely about them. All, all of our reactions and behaviors are always about us. 
Oh, our reactions, behaviors. Because I was just going to say, well, how does this relate to the mirror experience? But you were saying just only our reactions. and My reaction to something is definitely about me. I gotcha. Someone else's reaction. On behalf of anyone else. But wait a minute. But wait a minute, though. Wouldn't law of attraction say that, like, I can't experience from another person what I'm not the vibration of? For example, remember the guy that sent me that love note. Remember, it was so lovely. And I wrote him back and I thanked him for it. I said, well, yeah, thanks. You could probably tell I love what I do. Uh, Thanks for being part of it. Yeah. And then he wrote back. He's like, yeah, well, like I said, thanks. And it was so much less loving that it, now I got a question mind instead of assuming everyone loves me mind. Now I have a question. I'm like, what did I say that turned him off so much? Because before he was so raving about me. And I read it with a different mind and realized it, it, he was being sarcastic. He's like, thank God, Jeanette is here to save the world. What in the world would we do without her? So but you, I only heard so it in love because... Because was was a, because your reaction was about you. You were coming from a place of wow, I deserve. <laughs> I know. I'm yeah, I had practiced some it. Great praise, yeah. right? And so, yeah. your response was about you. Absolutely. You're right. It's still about me. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thanks. Yeah, the mirror is always a picture of you, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good point. Really good point. All right. So, um, for someone who, whether they're in a relationship or not in a relationship and wanting to be in one whatever they might be looking to at, to be whatever they might be interested in changing in their love life your invitation to us is to begin with looking at what our unconscious commitments have been so they become conscious and then perhaps entertain the question why am i enjoying this so much play with our answers there and then make a new commitment to what we want. And I love that exercise about standing in the room and playing with the past and the future in that way. That's going to be fun to play with. Yeah, recognizing that we so often aren't willing to say yes to certain things, to certain feelings, to certain emotions, to certain ideas, to certain beliefs we have, to things we're feeling. We just want to shut them down and say no. And, you know, so whenever you've got some time and space to yourself, if you'll give yourself that opportunity to vent a little bit and do it with your full body and move some energy around. You know, I think somebody posted really early on in the chat when we were first getting on the call and I saw it um, about emotions being energy in motion. Absolutely. Energy and emotions need to move. And so, you know, I actually was walking around the room when I was walking you through that and I was waving my arms and I was really getting into, um, you know, talking about my commitment there, my unconscious imaginary commitment that we made up. And it was even though, what's funny is that even though it was a completely made up story, thankfully, because I get lots and lots of uh, love and romance and dates. And, but even as I was going through the imaginary story, I could feel the emotion and the, and the energy moving. I was like, wow, this is really awesome. (laughs) So let yourself, you know, walk through that. And then, you know, if you're in a relationship and and you'd like it to be better, um, recognize that on some level you may be unconsciously committed to drama or strife or being ignored or whatever it is. And this is not to blame. Mm-hmm. And that's so important. You know, blame. I, I did. I wanted to spotlight the whole do that without judgment sort of thing because all feelings are valid. 
Yeah, and and if we'll just pay attention and recognize that as much as we'd rather have those comfortable, fun, pleasurable emotions, um, they're all valid and they're all important. And blame is a relationship killer. Criticism and blame. And they they just will kill a relationship faster than anything. And so we want to keep our relationship with ourself really healthy and with others really healthy. Uh, our relationship with money. Is Ming on the call? There's Ming. Mm-hmm. Um, our relationship with money, we want to keep it healthy. So we don't want to blame ourselves for things. And we don't want to blame our partner or our friends for things. And we don't want to blame money. You know, people make money the big, bad, evil thing that's uh, mm-hmm. responsible for all the world's problems. And mm-hmm. we don't want to do that either. So we want to appreciate ourselves, appreciate our partners and friends, appreciate money. And those relationships will really begin to shift if we do that. So recognize that when you're allowing yourself to see your unconscious commitment, it's not that you're taking blame. Mm-hmm. It's that you're taking responsibility, and that is the place of power for the conscious creator. You are so cool. I feel like I could do relationships right with you on my side. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to help. <laughs> um, very cool. Anyone else have final comments, thoughts, or questions? Before we thank Cindy, okay, just want to remind everyone, and thank you again, Cindy. You guys can find Cindy online at cindychavez.com. That's C-I-N-D-I-E, chavez.com. If you're interested in her latest course, it's not too late to join. Check out her Moonlight course. And I feel, I can't wait to play with this. How do you like that? I'm actually looking forward to it. Even though it doesn't seem like the most fun exercise, I think I can sense the liberation and the freedom inherent in it. So I'm excited to play with it. And I will report back in the forums. That's awesome. I can't wait to hear. I would love for, um, let's start a thread and then anybody who wants to kind of weigh in with their experience and we can just keep the conversation going, you know. Right on. Will do. Thank you, my friend, and thanks, everyone, for joining us today, and go enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you. Thank you, Jeanette. Thank you, Cindy. Bye-bye. Thank you, Jeanette. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Take care.